0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors: Upper Deck, Panini, Tops, Heritage Auctions, & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, compc.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So, pretty much all the sponsors, I think, will be at the National. Look forward to seeing them. This was another outtakes from John Newman's interview of me for Sports Card Nation. This is about a ten-minute clip where I think this part we're talking about some, not the very first Nationals, but kind of when the National really hit its stride. So he's an excellent interviewer and certainly has the ability to keep it going. I enjoy being on with him, but I'm editing these things so I can make sure I'm fulfilling my brand promise to give you less than 15 minutes each day. But if you want more, John is great. He's got plenty more. So check him out and enjoy as I do. So here it is. Here's the second part of that conversation. And thanks, John, and thanks, listeners.
1: You mentioned the 91. Everyone that knows about or has been there points to that as the largest attended. I know the recent one was debated that beat it, but the National said the 91 still kind of is the one to beat. What was it? I mean, with your knowledge of the hobby, what was it about the 91 National that made that just explode, that particular? year in your opinion there were so
0: many corporate giveaways brian gray you should have him on if you think brian gray is energetic and enterprising now turn back the clock 30 plus years he was a young very aggressive very resourceful young man who was working the show from every end including outside and inside the show because there were so many corporate giveaways and he's very bright to know To arbitrage these things, to figure out, hey, I can pick it up for free here. I can sell it to somebody in line who didn't want to stand in line for 10 bucks. Then I'll go back and get some more. And then he'd have people getting it for him and runners and things like that. He mopped up and he wasn't the only one. So there was a very dynamic element of excitement, even though this is pre- the digital world. So you couldn't yeah. look on your device. So you just had to be in the know. And what was happening at one end of the room or where the corporates were, you could pick up free stuff from the corporates and then go sell it in the other corner of the room where they say, hey, I've never seen this before. So five bucks.
1: <laughs> so it was the birth of the flipper.
0: If it wasn't birth then, it sure took off then. And like I say yeah. Brian was a great example of that.
1: Back in those early ones, were people traveling in from far destinations to yeah. attend these?
0: Yeah, even overseas, did still come. Yeah. It was the place. It was the best show you could go to, in the year. Those first ten years. But again, I don't think they were investors they were serious collectors and i don't know that they were trying to buy up all the cheap cards as much as they were trying to fill in the stuff they needed yep. but those early 80s it's before michael jordan like star yep. company basketball you could have bought in the mid 80s you could have bought that right from the horse's mouth for five were bucks there were any?
1: It, obviously it was called the national were there any shows that tried to steal the thunder or compete we have shows now they're not necessarily competing with the National, but they're trying to make a name in their own. Was there anything, even back then, here in, the, we have the, in White Plains, we had the East Coast National, which is not obviously as big, but a great show on its own. Was there any attempts to take that
0: belt? And I attribute this more to Gavin than Mike, although Mike, I'm sure, saw the wisdom of this. But what they did, which was really brilliant, is that they didn't say, hey, we three guys who have started this national concept, we own it. And so it's going to be out here. It's going to stay in L.A., which is a fabulous hobby area. We're going to be in charge. We're going to own it. What they did by allowing it to move around the country, they were able to placate the other known dealer, collector, promoter types that had these strong regional shows. And so I think there was a feeling like the Detroit group, it was the key promoter in Detroit that said, wait a minute, I can have it next year and it's my deal. And then it went to St. Louis, and then it went to Chicago. And so they basically were enlisting their quote-unquote competition to say, you're going to get a turn. And so in those early years, the key promoters, I think, waited their turn. And what happened was that once you'd been a national promoter, that was a feather in your cap. Plus, it boosted, it doubled or tripled your mailing list. And so you had a lot of residual value from that. And so to compete against the National, it didn't make sense. It just didn't seem right. A lot of the same dealers know each other, talk. There there was a sense of fair play, I think.
1: And rotation. Was was that the original concept, Dr. Jim, do you know? Or did they adapt on the fly and said, this is probably the way to go?
0: I think that's what Gavin had in mind all along. I had some conversations with him, and he's still around. He's in the background now. He really had a hope that some other promoters would take the ball and run with it, that it wouldn't be a cookie-cutter national, but they'd have some principles of how to do it and how to be successful on a more national level. But he was hoping to really be a national show. It needed to not be just in L.A. every time, or even Chicago. Yep. So it wasn't until in Chicago until 83, which now we see that Chicago is a hub and probably the most successful site for the national on average. Yeah, Every so you- Chicago's been good.
1: Yeah, I've been there twice. I have no real complaints. What's the closest he ever came to not attending or missing one? Was there ever one that you almost didn't get to go to for whatever reason? I did
0: drop dead of a heart attack in late '96. And so there was some jeopardy of whether I would be going anywhere, but I kind of eased back into psych, so really took a step back in the company, but I even went to the Hawaii show in the spring that year. So I was doing better, but I had a big shock to my system. And so just like that, the first national was an inflection, the 91 was an inflection point, and then 96 and 97 with my heart attack, that really made me a lot more of an executive as opposed to a day-to-day doing all the price guide stuff because I'd been pushing myself too hard. And so that was weird going to the national in 97 and trying to figure out what's my new posture. People, they're wondering if I'm going to be in a wheelchair or something. It's just And then in 05, same thing. I'd sold the company in January of 05. And so to go in late July of 05 and go with my successor CEO from the new group that had bought the company, a guy that I liked, but I could introduce into people. And so I was retired, but semi-retired, like I say now. So I just was enjoying and introducing into people. But John, I didn't have to do stuff. I could yeah. do stuff I wanted to. That's what yeah, I, you enjoyed you, you I, enjoy I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it more. And so it's been a different kind of enjoyment. And then in the last 10 years or so, I've been a little more aggressive about the dollar boxes and things like that and just touching the cards. Yeah.
1: Anything from those early nationals that we no longer have, you mentioned like a softball game, is there anything you'd like to see reinvigorated or brought back into today's modern national that you think would still transition well and still be good that they don't have any longer?
0: If you look at those early nationals, they had pool parties and softball games and things like that. And some of that, those first nationals, and especially the second one, which doesn't get a lot of talk, but the promoter, the name on it is Lloyd Torpy out of Flint, Michigan, who had done these big Detroit shows. But really, it was his wife, (laughs) Carol who was not a card collector, certainly not a sports card collector. She ran a tight ship and so they were in it together. And so I think that second national, she said, we should have a pool party because wives should come. But John, I don't think that stuck because then in 83 you had Bruce Painter, who's uh, passed away now, but was an outstanding guy. But he had Benita, his wife with him. And so I think there was some attempt to make it kinder and gentler for women but over the years, people just wanted to be at their tables and maximize their money. So the softball game, I can't remember when the last softball game was, maybe 85 or 86. Parties, i parties those to
1: because I, I still play. I'm
0: saying, but, play. Yeah, but you're not going to have anybody <laughs> to play. You're just going to be, <laughs> there'll be no outfielders. So you just circle the bases. And there were some good players. They, they were competitive games, but my sense is it was more choose-up sides which is weird because you didn't know who the good players were necessarily until you'd seen them play. But that just went by the wayside. And I don't think it's going to come back. What will come back, I think, are the seminars. I think the Mint Collective has proven that there probably is a market, just like we're doing, of content creation. When you have a bunch of people there at a venue and you can digitize it and do live streaming, but also release it later, I think that's here to stay. But mostly it's yeah. a card show and you get the corporate goodies and you observe the breaks firsthand because you can be right there and you get in line to get a signature from your favorite player or whatever. People are voting with their dollars, John. What does it say that they sold out of VIP or super VIP? One of them they sold out of, I mean, how could they sell out at these very expensive, because they've got only so many goodie bags. Yeah. But you think, get some more goodie bags. If you get $200 up front or 250 or whatever it is. For a five-day all-access pass, why don't you want to get that money as much as you can, as soon as you can?
1: Yeah. Is there something in the current uh, rendition of the National that you're either not fond of or you think – could be better, I'll put you on the spot a little bit.
0: The improvement I think would be good, and maybe just not an enough incentive for that, but they have a captive audience of six or 800 dealers or booths or whatever, it depends on how you count. But each one of those has a certain kind of presence. They have uh, some percentage of vintage or memorabilia or whatever. And people do this, they'll wander around with a GoPro or something and show what's there. But if you could database what's at the national so that you could walk in and know this dealer has this kind of stuff, and that's table yeah. eight hundred and seventy-three, and so I want to make sure I go there. But it becomes too flea market-ish that you walk in and you're overwhelmed. And uh, as Rich always says, there's a lot more vintage toward the front, but still, there's some people that have really cool obscure stuff. If you're into pennants, there's one yeah. guy that has pennants, and you could miss it. Yeah, and so I so love to, some yeah, more interactive almost, directory of some kind. Yeah,
1: yeah, where you can almost type in. And what,
0: again, some of the yeah. YouTubers and the video guys are going around and shooting some of that stuff, but that'd be cool because otherwise it's too overwhelming.
1: Yeah, that's a great answer. Again, you've been to every one. I know you enjoy each and every one for all their own reasons. Is there one that's a particular favorite to you or one that stands out over the others? Is it the 91 or is it something another
0: Well, 91 was a blur because all this stuff was going on and I was having a bunch of meetings and we were going so strong that it wasn't fun. It's not fun to go over the speed limits for five straight days. (laughs) I'm enjoying now as much as any of them. And I'm just trying to figure out whether I need to pace myself, because I've got some podcast stuff and some people I just genuinely want to see. And then I want to yeah. look through some cards. There's stuff there that I wouldn't otherwise get to see. So I've got to divvy up my time. And then there's the evenings and other things that are fun as well. I want to make it like a vacation, not five days of work. That's why I feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it is fun.
1: Yeah, no doubt. If you're not having fun at the national, like I say, I'm not sure. Well, you, you're gonna have trouble with something fun. wrong. You're doing something pretty. or you're working too hard. It's pretty
0: overwhelming. If you walk in with a want list and you don't pull the trigger on Wednesday night of a card that you see and you're hoping to go back Sunday night to get it for a cheaper price, you could get pretty frustrated at yourself.
1: Yeah, no doubt.